0: up everybody welcome to 3y in the middle of me thomas brandon and my man keith Bradley. keith how was your holiday weekend
1: it was really good
0: all it right it was really good it was all right it was good for me too although i did have to i did have to do some work um luckily i got to do some work while i was watching a full slate of racing which was a uh, incredible weekend for racing
1: oh man it's probably the best weekend in racing if you ask me other than two other weeks, which is Indiana Midget Week and Indiana Sprint Week.
0: Exactly. But, and, and this weekend kind of is the precursor to Midget Week. You know what I mean? It's it's right it's it's, yeah. it's kicking off like tonight. Is it tonight or tomorrow night?
1: Um tonight I think they're in Granite City.
0: Yeah, they're in, in Illinois, Illinois tonight, but tomorrow night weird. yeah. But tomorrow night is start of Midget yeah. Week and it's back to back. They run what, nine times in eleven days or something like that. Oh
1: like, dude, It it's something like it's that. It's insane. It, it changes yeah. days here per se yeah. but yeah
0: so yeah so it's a it's definitely a good good, good way to uh, kick the summer exactly, off Exactly yeah cuz I hate I, I'm not a big fan of the summer I hate the heat we talked about this last week but if yep. if I'm going to deal yep. with the heat at least give me racing and that's what we got Absolutely so. So, yeah. absolutely
1: race cars in in the summertime Yeah
0: give definitely me. definitely it's one of the best best things about it so
1: it helps you get over the the heat
0: Yeah absolutely good so <laughs> So, yeah, we got a lot a lot of stuff to, to talk about today as we had some awesome races. Um, we have definitely going to get into the Coke 600, as me and you were talking a minute ago. Probably the best Coke 600 ever in terms of excitement. Like, that was just a phenomenal race. We got the Indy 500, which was also incredible. Uh, Sheldon Hodden once again, just kicking ass in the Outlaws. Just another stellar run in victory, and we get it all started with the Monaco GP. Now, I'm, Keith, I know you're not big F1 guy, but Monaco is basically like this weekend of the year is not only uh big in terms of you've got the three major, you know, sanctions series running, right? You've got the Coke 600, the Indy 500 and the Monaco GP, but it's also a crown jewel for each series. Like Monaco is the race in f1 now it has lost some of its excitement and and luster because of the fact that it's the racing there sucks okay um it's the racing is not very good because the cars have gotten so much bigger and wider over the years and it's a street course in monaco really it's they call it a parade because that's what it is where you qualify is pretty much where you're going to finish it, it's so hard to pass Daniel Ricardo won there in 2018 and he had a motor problem but he started up front and it Sebastian Vettel just couldn't get around him you know now Ricardo drove a hell of a race it was incredible but he, you know any other track he's getting passed right like he's he's getting past Monaco he's able to win Um, so you know that's one of the downsides of it now the really cool thing about it, though, is because it's such a historical event and stuff like that, and because it's such a big deal, crazy things tend to happen, and this week was no exception. They had absolute, like, torrential downpours. I mean, it was just, I mean, like, the term cats and dogs does not do it justice. It was raining so much. So they had gone out, they did the parade lap, and then they ended up red flagging the race because the rain was so bad. Now, there's a lot of purists out there that are like, they should have just raced. Dude, the water was there was standing water in parts of the track, right? I know they've got rain tires. I know these things are high performance, but come on, you guys, this is not it's a. Also, circuit.
1: really dangerous. Yeah.
0: And it's not a circuit, right? It's a street course, right? Which means that it's got street gutters and street drains. Okay. Like it wasn't built to deal with the rain and 20 F1 cars. So they red flag it for like an hour. They end up getting the cars back out there. They get the race going now, Char Leclerc, who started on the pole, actually was on the pole at last year's Monaco GP and never even started the race because his gearbox broke on the parade lap. And so he has had some really horrible luck at Monaco. This year, he starts on the pole once again. And the race starts, and he's out front, and he is the man to beat. And it looked like he was just going to win. like It pretty much was like, okay, he's going to win the race, and there's nothing else that anybody can do about it. Well, Ferrari, for whatever reason, really screwed the pooch on their pit stops. There was a lot of jostling going on because the track was starting to dry out. It was still wet, but it wasn't raining. And you had people going to different tires. Because when you're on rain tires and the track is drier, you are so much slower than somebody on like intermediates, for example. And so, you had people coming in doing inter- getting intermediates tires... Red Bull comes in. They stack their stops. Sergio Perez comes out front in front of uh, Max Verstappen. And Ferrari stacks theirs. Carlos Sainz come in. And as they're telling Charles Leclerc on the radio. Keep in mind, they'd already told him to come in. Then they're telling him, don't come in. And he is already on pit road. Waiting behind his teammate. And Sainz gets out. Leclerc gets out. Leclerc ends up not being able to beat uh, Perez Verstappen or his teammate on the track obviously because now he's stuck in the pits and there goes his chances of winning the Monaco Grand Prix and Sergio Perez ends up bringing home the win which was really really cool to see Um, and for those of you who are not big F1 fans understand this weekend was literally like the The weekend of redemption for f1 drivers or former f1 drivers as we'll talk about the winner of the indy 500 in just a minute sergio perez last week was told team orders when leading the race that he had to let his teammate max verstappen by now verstappen was on tires that were six laps newer but the tire degradation at that track was so bad, meaning just the tires were wearing out so quickly, there was no way on God's green earth that Sergio Perez was going to hold off Verstappen. Verstappen was going to pass him. Verstappen was going to win the race, right? And Perez is not an idiot. If he knows that Verstappen is that much faster and he's got the run on, it's not like he's going to block his teammate and wreck him. He's not an idiot. This, this is a guy who's been like the ultimate teammate. Like he literally sacrificed his own season last year on multiple occasions to Help out his teammate. And just let him race. Just let him race. Let Verstappen pass him. Let Perez try to win. Like, what's the worst that can happen? He wins. Now, I know both of them could wreck each other. But, dude, that's racing. What are we doing? Like, come on now. What are we doing? Right? Are we racing? Like, come on. Let him race. And they they made Perez give up the spot. He had to do it under team orders. He was not happy about it, which I would not be neither. And then this week he comes out. And wins the race. And there was no team orders. There was not. They just they let him race. He won the race. Now Verstappen wasn't in a position to pass Perez, anyways. If he had been behind Perez, I don't know if they would have given him team orders. I really don't. I don't think they would have, just because there's really not even a spot to just like pull over and let your teammate by. Like you, got to, you're almost to have two cars side by side there. Like it's a it's a dangerous situation anywhere. So for him to come back after that. And win was really, really cool. And so just cap off to Sergio Perez for getting the victory. Um, He's had a a really, really good season so far. And now after last week, uh, Max Verstappen has got the points lead. Um, I think he had the points lead anyways, but he's uh, pulled away a little bit from Charles Leclerc. And Leclerc, who looked to be the favorite going into the season, um, or excuse me, at the start of the season, is now they've had some tough, tough luck. Um, he has just really had some bad luck, and this last week at Monaco uh, was just proof of that. So, Keith, I, I know you didn't see. Did you see any of it or highlights of it or anything? No. No. Yeah, nope, it was. I sure a, didn't. It was an incredible race, man. I, I enjoyed it. I was happy to see Sergio Perez win. He's one of those guys that that you root for. Like he's hard to to not root for. And so, yeah, awesome race to him. I felt really bad for Charles Leclerc because, um, like I said, just tough luck for him. It really was. And now he is nine points behind, behind Verstappen. And Perez is only 15 points behind Verstappen in the points championship. So, really good race for Perez and Red Bull. But, speaking of Charles Leclerc, a couple of seasons ago, before he signed with Ferrari, he was on the Sauber Alpha Romeo F1 team, and his teammate was a driver by the name of Marcus Erickson. Marcus Ericsson, at the time, was 27, 28 years old. Uh, this was in 2018. Charles Leclerc was 20. Now, for those of you guys, just a little context here, the Sauber team, the, the Alpha Romeo team, they have been known for finding talent. Okay, like some of the best drivers to have ever raced in F1, like multi-time world champions came through Alfa Romeo, right? So Sebastian Vettel, four-time champ, uh, Michael Schumacher, right? Seven-time champ, but considered by many to be the GOAT, right? Kimi Raikkonen won the championship with Ferrari, right? Like some of the best names have come through Alfa Romeo and... Charles Leclerc was on the team with Marcus Ericsson, And when he was on the team, his first year in F1, he was seen as the next great thing. And Marcus Ericsson was kind of left to the side. If you haven't seen Formula One Drive to Survive Season 1, it's worth watching on Netflix just to see the backstory of Marcus Erickson. And you don't have to watch the whole season, but if you watch... I think it's episode 6 or 7, and it's called The Next Generation. And it gets into the story of not just Marcus Erickson, but Charles Leclerc and a bunch of other young drivers. But Marcus Erickson, at the end of the season, winds up losing his ride. And that's it. He's he's out of F1. He does no he no longer has a full-time ride in F1. Well, this last weekend, Marcus Erickson won the Indy 500. Now, I know that's not F1, but my God, that is in incredible for him to go from i mean think about it, the lowest of the lows where you lose your ride you know what i mean like and keith you know this right the guys who spend their whole life racing right and you reach the pinnacle and on your way to reaching the pinnacle there at, at no point are you looking at that and and thinking like well god man i hope i can get to the top and be average right like your goal is always to be the best Right? Yeah, it's even if you, you know, we as fans will look at it and we'll be like, dude, that guy is irrationally confident. There's no way that he should think he's the best out there. But you have to think that way to be the best, right? You have to think that way. And well, if
1: you're not thinking that way. there's There's something wrong. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And for him to be just, you know, displaced, right? He never had the success that he wanted, obviously. He lost his ride. He was on a, he was with a team that is great for finding talent, but they've never been a top team. When he was on the Alfa Romeo team, they were horrible. They were like the, the worst or second worst team in all of F1. And if those of you who know anything about F1, if you don't have a good car, you're not winning. That's just all there is to it, right? Look at George Russell this year. He was on the Williams team the last couple of years, always finished at the back. Or, or almost always, right? There would be some races where chaos in, it ensues and he would make his way up front. But now he's on a legit team and the, the Mercedes team is not even performing as good as they normally do. He's fourth in the points. It's because he's an incredible driver. You have to have the car. Lewis Hamilton, right? Seven-time champion, considered by many to be the GOAT. And right now he's sixth in points It's because the car that he's got is not working as well. You have to have the car, and Ericsson never had it. And then f- to, come to, in- to come to Indy racing, which we've seen with other F1 drivers who've lost their ride, Roman Grosjean's another one with Andretti, Andretti uh, racing, and to win the Indy 500 in the way that he won it was really, really cool to see. Did you see the Indy 500, Keith? I, I watched bits and pieces. Yeah. I mean, I it's such it. a long race, you know,
1: It it is that it's like right in that time of day where you kind of got stuff going on, but you kind of mm-hmm. don't. So I, I was peeking in and out when I could, but from what I sat and watched is it, it was really good.
0: Yeah, it was. And see, for me, that's one of the good things about being on the West Coast is I get to watch all that stuff way earlier. All right. So Indy's going on for me at like 10 o'clock in. in the morning, you know, Rub it in. Yeah. Well there's not that many benefits of being in California. No, but okay? <laughs> no, that, that's one of them. <laughs> that is one. But it was really cool because look, Scott Dixon was the man to beat all race. Absolutely. He was. He was the man to beat. He had the fastest car. He had the best the best drive going. Um Obviously Connor Daly looked really strong at the end and every, you know, it was really cool when he took the lead to see everybody just go nuts, you know, being the local hometown hero. That was, I mean, that was obviously yeah. amazing. And I was, I was actually pulling for Connor Daly. And when I saw Erickson up there battling for the lead, and then that last restart where now he's in the lead, I, I switched, I was pulling for Erickson and to see him win that race. It was really really cool because look we love right the only thing that we love more than building people up is tearing them down and after they're torn down we love a redemption story now we didn't personally i I, I, we didn't tear down marcus erickson but to see him make his right achieve his dreams of being an f1 and then to have that be lost and then to win the indy 500 it's incredible Because there's just career changing. Oh my God. And look, there has been way better F1 drivers who've tried to win the Indy 500 and have never even come close. And now, like you said, it's career changing. You will forever be known as an Indy 500 champion. Yep. and, and, and you know,
1: if you just go back and look at in the past and I'm trying to think of the winner, wasn't a real popular name now. He's a real popular name, and I
0: can't even think of it now. Was it Alexander Rossi? Uh, Well, Rossi did win one.
1: I think that's who I'm thinking of. But anyway, it's, a, it's similar to one in the Daytona 500.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In it, fact, it, it's even more prestigious.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? um, yeah. And, and I think that way, too.
0: Yeah, it's even more prestigious. Even though you can look at the um if you look at NASCAR compared to IndyCar in terms of prestige here in America. Um and, and even North America, NASCAR is going to be more popular. But um the Indy 500 is still for and it will be forever the the top dog like that is the race. You know what I mean? It is the race and to see him win was really, really cool, so, yeah, it was, uh, I really enjoyed it, man, I liked it, you know, to see him pull off the win after, like I said, his story that he had, um, yeah, it was awesome, man, it was really, really cool, so, so, congrats to, to Marcus Erickson, um, cool that he was able to find a ride in the Indy cars and, bring home a win in the Indy 500. So yeah, that was and to uh, do it
1: for Chip Ganassi.
0: Yeah, I know, man, you know, that, that was That's uh, even better. Yeah, it is, man. It's just awesome to see, you know, and, uh, watching it, it was really cool because Jimmy Johnson, right. Former NASCAR great, Um, he actually had a really good race going. I mean, he was running an awesome race. Now he ended up wrecking. He lost it there. Turn two, was a mother i mean there must have been six or seven wrecks in turn two alone where they would come off that corner and just lose the back end um it was a and it it, it's not like these were like these weren't the back markers these were like top 15 drivers and i guess from what they were saying on the on the broadcast that I was watching that the wind was really bad through there. And when they would lighten up with the fuel, right with the setup and the cars would just come around. And yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're going that fast, right? When you're doing 200, uh, yeah. 220 or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, hats and, off to him and it was awesome. And, you know,
1: just, just looking at it, it, it was, it's a staple win. Yes, forever, especially for a guy that's been knocked so low Mm -hmm. and is at a low point. And I'm not going to say in his life, but probably in his racing career for the past. I don't know how many years, probably I'll say the last five years. Yep. to to get that big of a win, that is a career boost all in itself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man! It's incredible. That and he gets
1: to put it on his resume. There ain't yep. too many people that get to put that on the
0: resume. Yeah, forever, forever. It's on there. Cannot be taken away. So yeah, congrats to Marcus Erickson, man. That was a, that was an awesome race, man. It was cool to see. But after the Indy 500, we had the Coca-Cola 600, which was Woo. just an incredible race, and. To talk about the Coca-Cola 600, we got a new segment that we're going to be doing. It's going to be, we it's called "Hits the Mark or Misses the Mark," and so we got a couple of things that we're going to cover about the Coke 600 with our new little segment idea here, and we're going to do that right after this quick break. All right, so "Hits the Mark, Misses the Mark," Keith. This is our new segment. We talked about it, me and you, before we hit the record button here on the pod, and What we're going to be doing here is we've got some topics and some subjects, and we'll talk about those, and obviously that'll lead into other conversations. But our first one, because this race was so incredible, last week's Coke 600 was proof that the all-star race should have never gone to Texas. Does that hit the mark or miss the mark?
1: Hits the mark, right on the head.
0: Absolutely, I'm with you. <laughs> Hits the mark. That race was incredible, man. Absolutely incredible.
1: Oh, it was probably one of the best races this season.
0: I I think it was the best race this season. I really it's gonna do. Be,
1: it's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, the race was long.
0: Yes. It was very
1: long, but it was entertaining. The yes. whole race was entertaining. There was a bunch of passes. had Guys go from the back to the front multiple times, mm-hmm. and Bubba Wallace's crew lets him down again.
0: I know, man. That, I felt so bad for him. I felt so bad for him. And I was—I listened to um, Door Bumper Clear, and they were talking about that and what they were, what their plan was. And they just did not hold the minimum speed. I—I I couldn't believe that's what was happening. I just—I yeah. I just couldn't believe it, man.
1: Poor ex- execution on—I don't want to say on the driver, but as a team.
0: Yes, as a team, because yes, he wasn't. Bubba Wallace was not the one who just made that call, right? Like that—that's a—that's a, that's a no. team thing, you know. So yeah, that was that was really sad, man, to see. But you know, other than that, other than that part, I mean, the the racing was really incredible, and my man Kyle Larson for that dude to literally go from the back to the front you know but but multiple 10 times. times it was incredible <laughs> yeah. man. it was incredible you know the have you heard the um the speech that his crew chief gave him um like halfway through the race um
1: i think i heard it at I can't remember exactly what they There's said. There's clips
0: of it everywhere, but yeah, basically he's like, "Dude, we've gone from the back to the front, and we've been screwing up, and have made more mistakes than anybody, and you're still running up front. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you're upset about, man. We're fine. Like, <laughs> like we're good. And sure enough, they were. You know, the last, the second half of the race, they were in, they were incredible, and they probably should have won the race if it was not for that caution that came out." At the end there, which brings us to our next hits the mark, misses the mark. And that is Chase Briscoe's pass attempt on Kyle Larson for the lead was a choke job. Did that hit the mark or missed the mark?
1: Miss the mark. Misses the mark. How so? Misses the mark. Well, I mean, with the new car, there's no side force.
0: No, there's not. There's not any side force. So
1: I feel like if we were in the old car, that car does not spin out.:
0: No, it, it doesn't spin out side force. It doesn't Now, spin let's
1: out. keep in mind, Chase still finished fourth and he put on a show. He was probably going to win the race. Maybe, maybe. I'll say maybe, but no, I think it misses the mark. I mean, I wouldn't say that Chase choked. We've seen in a handful of races where things like that has happened.: Yes, and I think absolutely. It's a lot because there's no side force on these cars no more. In the tire
0: yes and so, which, which i love
1: oh i, I do love too. the
0: fact that there's no side force on these cars there should absolutely be. and look at the show he put on yeah you know what i mean and look at the drivers who were dude you i mean you saw kyle bush you know getting loose in the corners you saw austin Dillon, which obviously the kyle we're larson talk about that kyle larson right like there was a bunch of guys that were having that wiggle through the corner and stuff and I'm with you. I think it misses the mark. I get why people are saying that it was a choke job because of the whole thing that happened at Bristol when he, went, when he went for it and didn't. But, you know, that's what you do in that situation. He's got a win. He's at the Coke 600. It is one of the crown jewel events of NASCAR, and he was going for the win. You know, he came close. That one run that he had on Larson when he was sliding up, you know, he had him clear for a second. If he had just finished it off instead of leaving the door open. Cause Larson ended up just getting back by on the outside, that one lap coming out of turn two. I,
1: I feel like he didn't slide up because he didn't want to take both of them out because they both respect each other. A yes, lot. absolutely. They did a lot of dirt racing together. Yes. So like what aggravated me is I heard people say, well, chase Briscoe has a new talent. Well, oh, one dude, you're wrong. Yes, because if he didn't have talent, Tony Stewart of all people would not hire him, and he wouldn't have spanked everybody's by his ass in Phoenix because yeah. he did. Yeah, no, he's got talent. Stuff happens. I mean, he. Everybody's learning this new car. Mm-hmm. You're trying to learn how hard you can push it, how how hard you don't have to push it, and man, it's two to go. What do you What do you want him to do? I don't think he could have did anything different because if he would have. Who's to say Kyle didn't run away with it?
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was. I'm with you. I think that one misses, now, misses the mark.
1: If if he wouldn't have came back and finished fourth, I'd probably have a different perspective on it. But he came back and finished fourth. Well, yes. I mean, let's face it. One more green white checkered, and he probably could have won the race.
0: Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, he was fast. All, he was fast that race. I mean, he really. And he was. spun
1: out early in the in mm-hmm. the race.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, he had, a, he had a really good run. Yeah, he didn't win the race, and he had that wreck there, but he had a really good run. Yeah, I don't think the, it was a
1: choke job, neither. For the Ford camp, they needed that weekend.
0: Yes, they did, because they have not been very good. No, so uh, and that's
1: across the board for every mm-hmm. every Ford and in, in NASCAR other than Rick Ware. They don't yep. count, because they're yep. always slow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right, our next one has to do with a, another pass, and this was the one that really sent us to the 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 last overtime and that was austin Dillon's move austin Dillon taking it four wide in three and four is a big balls move or a lack of brain cells (laughs) it's the marker misses the mark
1: i think it hits the mark
0: (laughs) because i think you gotta try it you have yeah he had dude the run that he had was incredible and and the thing is if you watch it really closely, because he got the run, it's not like Austin Dillon was the was the one was the reason it went four wide. He had a hell of a run. Uh, Ross Chastain, who was outside of Larson, did not get a very good run. Now he keep in mind, uh, Chastain only had what right side tires, I think.
1: I think but, him and Larson both had yeah, right sides. Yeah, had
0: right sides. Austin Dillon gets an incredible run. Goes, you know, comes from the high, the high line down to the low line, gets down below them. He has a little bit of a wiggle, which we, we talked about. These cars, there's no side force. And when you get up next to people like that and the run that he had into the corner was incredible. So now they're oh three gosh. wide. And then Denny <laughs> Hamlin, who's on four fresh tires, Stuck right? Put it on his inside. Put it on his inside. And if you watch those four cars coming out of the corner, turn four, the way that it kind of comes in there on the wall, like... Chastain had to come down some. Narrow. Yeah, it gets very narrow. Chastain had to come down some. Larson had to move up some because he's got two cars below him. You know what I mean? You've got four cars coming out of that corner. I mean, it was just a racing deal. Austin Dillon had the run. He went for it. It just didn't work, and that was unfortunate, but well, you go for it. These guys
1: get paid to win races, and and late in the race like that, you have to try
0: anything Absolutely. and
1: everything you can. Absolutely. And, and I've seen people say, well, it was a dumb move. He should have just rode around. Well, I'm sorry. You don't get paid to run around. You don't get paid to ride around in fifth, sixth, or whatever. Austin Dillon had to make that move to either a win the race
0: mm-hmm.
1: or B win the race because he's got, he's on the playoff bubble somewhere. Yep. Exactly. Well, you win that race. You're locked in. You, You're happy. Your sponsors are happy.
0: Yep. Yeah, because Austin Dillon needs a win. Yep. They they need one bad. Yes, they do. They do need one bad because Austin Dillon does not have a win. And Uh, right now, I think they are, where are they? They are like, is it 15th? Yeah, they are 15th in the points.
1: Yeah. You know, so so. I mean, you got to do what you got to do right there. Yeah, I mean. If he if he doesn't wreck and he goes on to win the race, we're gonna sit here that's in and say, the move Austin, of Austin Dillon's a god. Yeah, that's he, the he move
0: of the race. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yep, absolutely. So, so yeah, I'm with you. All right, next one hits the mark or misses the mark with this win. For Denny Hamlin, he has now won all three of NASCAR's crown jewel events. Although Hamlin has not yet won a championship, he has now cemented himself as a Hall of Famer in NASCAR. Does that hit the mark or miss the mark?
1: Oof, I'm not gonna make I don't know. Um Misses the Mark.
0: Mrs. the mark. You don't think misses he's a you don't think he's a Hall of Famer yet? Not yet. Really?
1: Well, I'll put it this way: If Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin retire tomorrow, Kevin Harvick will go to the Hall of Fame first.
0: Well, yes, and Kevin Harvick should go should. to the Hall of Fame first. Yes. I'm of your I am of the opinion that everybody who has won a championship
1: deserves it is a Hall is of a Famer, lock. is Automatic a Hall of
0: famer. Yes, yes, but I'm with
1: you. I feel like. And I and I think Denny Hamlin is a Hall of Fame guy, but to cement that, he needs to get a championship. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm with you. It's close, man. If,
1: if close. not, Denny will be known as the Mark Martin of this generation,
0: which is really a bummer. Which is, which is and, really and that's no
1: takeaway from Denny Hamlin because he's a hell of a race car driver. Mm-hmm. Um, he he may have backed into that one at. The Coke 600, but that's no takeaway. No. Look, how, I mean, just alone, three Daytona 500s, hard to do. Yep. Very yep. hard to do, any one two of them back to back. I think, yeah, two yep. of them back to back mm-hmm. for sure. Um,
0: yeah, no, yeah, and and look to win a 600 mile race, part of it is it, being there at the end. Attrition. Put himself there at the end. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, you you've got to be there at the end. Mm-hmm. If not, you're. What are you there for? Exactly. If, you, if you're there to wreck. 20 laps into a 400 mile or 400 lap race, 600 yep. miles, but no. That's my takeaway from it. I'm sure I'll get beat up about it, but
0: <laughs> uh, I mean... I'm with you. I I think it's close. I really think it's close. It's very close. Yeah, it's if, really close. If uh, if you looked at the number of wins and the the events that he's won and stuff like that, it it's hard to. It's without the championship, it's hard to to just say that he's a lock. But it's also hard because when you look at his resume, it's hard for it's hard to say that he's not gonna get in. That's you know, he's yeah. he's right on the line right now in my opinion. Well and
1: and I also feel like if even if him and Martin Truex Jr. retires tomorrow, mm-hmm. I think Denny should be in before Martin.
0: Yeah and I mean Truex yeah, Martin, has a championship.
1: Martin has a championship, but Denny Hamlin's accomplished more. He's a more accomplished race car driver. He's won every crown jewel race other than the Brickyard 400. They took that away. So that's, I didn't even think of it as a crown jewel anyway.
0: Yeah, I didn't either really.
1: But Denny's got a bigger and better resume than Martin with a championship or without a championship. Yeah.
0: That's just how I feel. I'm with you. It's a tough one. It's a tough one.
1: Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a hard one. That was a hard question.
0: Yeah. All right. Our, our last hits the mark, misses the mark for NASCAR. We do have one more after this. NASCAR just confirmed that Phoenix will hold the championship weekend race once again in 2023. This move by NASCAR is a huge mistake. Is that hitting the mark or missing the mark?
1: I'm going to say missed the mark because really Phoenix race is a snooze fest.
0: Okay. So then that, you mean that that hits the mark? Or,
1: yeah, it hits the mark. Hits I'm the sorry. Mark. Yes. That backwards. Yeah. Yes. Hits, hits the mark, the mark. For sure. Yes.
0: Yes. I can so name I'm with
1: five you. tracks right now that they could go to and it'd be better.
0: Yes. I'm with you. I think I will take,
1: take it to Bristol.
0: Take it to anywhere, but yeah. Anywhere, but, but Phoenix. Phoenix, I, God, I, you know what I mean? Like I, maybe right now in the current state, you know, phoenix might be slightly better than martinsville because of the shifting but like other than that i yeah i have not been happy with the with the the phoenix races and look that was with the other cars you know what i mean like in even last year's race, like yes kyle larson's race you know it came down to the wire and stuff like that and like that was cool but the overall race was not awesome and then this year's race was a snooze fest like don't don't take nothing away. Chase Briscoe dominated the race, but the rest of the race also sucked. It's not like he was head and shoulders above everybody else. And there was great racing going on from second to 36. No, the race was just boring. It just was not
1: good. And, and like you said, yeah, Chase Briscoe won. That was the most exciting part. Yes, exactly. Look at the way Chase Briscoe stomped his way to NASCAR. That's exciting all in itself because he, he went, got an Arca ride one by volunteering
0: at the race shop. Yep. And he, and he worked for it. Yep, exactly. Like, that's why, that's why that race was somewhat interesting. Other than yeah. that, the race sucked. And yeah. I, I think it's also not, I don't want to say unfair because at the end of the day, their, life is just not fair, but I just think it's dumb to have the when you have a playoff the way that they have it now it was one thing when you just had your season and and the points and it just ended every year at atlanta like that was the last race on the schedule that's where it ended right but now that you have this whole playoff and the final four and whoever does the best at the last race that's like that's who's winning it i think it's ridiculous to have it at the same track every year
1: switch it up they switch yes. the, uh, the super bowl up Yes, exactly. Take it to different venues. I mean,
0: if that's the case, hell, take it back to Homestead. Yeah, something. Do something else with it because it's got to be better than Phoenix. You cannot just leave it in the same place. And I know I've heard arguments where it's like, well, you know, it's got to be somewhere where there's good weather. It's got to be all these different things. Oh, who cares? There's a bunch of places that you can find good weather in Phoenix. That you know that part of the that time of the year, right? It's not like the race. It's not like the race is in January. Like, give me a break. Right. Yeah. Like, come on. And that argument could be said for the first half of the schedule. Exactly. Like that. You know, come on, give me a break. So, I I think it's ridiculous that they're doing that. I'm not. Uh, I wasn't happy about it. And it makes sense
1: because they're taking the All Star race back to Texas. They already have tickets on sale for that. Yep. I just it's I. Take yeah. it to North Wilkesboro, for Christ's sakes.
0: Do something else. Just do something else with Change it. Change it. Yeah. Go to Vegas. Absolutely. Take that one to Vegas. If, if if you want to argue the
1: the weather and the market, take it to Vegas. You yep. have good weather, and it's a big market.
0: Yep, exactly. And it's a much better track. It's just yeah. a much better race. Take
1: it track. to Auto Club. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we could go on and on about this mm-hmm. all day. I mean, you have... Two yeah. tracks in Florida. I mean, granted, nobody wants to see a championship race at Daytona, but it'd be exciting. Yeah. be very exciting. It'd be more exciting than
0: Phoenix. Yeah. Or look, man, there's all – I mean, you've got all kinds of – Any basically anywhere in the south is going to have good enough weather, yeah. right? Yep. Darlington. Hell, Darlington take a Darlington. Kick ass, Atlanta again, right? Like, there's a bunch of places you could take it. Why does it have to be Phoenix? I just don't get it. So, yeah. I, I think it completely just it hits the mark because it is a mistake and it's one of the big problems that I am having with NASCAR because there's certain, I think that there are some things that they are doing right and they're doing incredibly well and then there's some things that they are just so, Head scratchers. Like, off what? off on yes you know like when it comes to their branding and what they're presenting and what they're trying to present i think there's stuff that they're that they're just so missing the boat and it just i'm really worried that it's going to cost them in the long run and I, I really wish they would just get things tightened up and figured out you know and it's just yeah i i don't know so i think they they just big mistake on on i that. mean
1: or even ask the drivers where you guys want the championship race at.
0: Yeah, take a vote. You know yeah. I mean, do a vote of the drivers. Stop but it. I have
1: I have a feeling this is all based on TV.
0: Well, it has a lot of it has to do yeah. with TV, oh, yes.
1: Okay. Yes. And it sucks that it's came this way because I mean, let's face it, years ago we didn't talk about TV ratings for race. Not like now you do now. TV no. Uh uh-uh.
0: Every and it's driven by the TV money, unfortunately and it's too bad because the great thing about racing was the event right like that was the thing yeah. right like i watched nascar races every weekend for years right i mean but i can tell you right now the first time that i went to a nascar race it was incredible and the first race i ever went to was sonoma but the first time i went to a super speedway we went to vegas like it was like the first shoot. or second year that it was yeah. opened Dude, it was incredible, been awesome. man! Yeah. It was incredible, and that atmosphere and being there and just it was awesome, man. There was nothing else i would ever experienced like that, and that experience so, is gone now.
1: And I feel like they've taken some of the experience away.
0: Oh, they have absolutely. Hate hey me if
1: you want. Say what you want. I wish they would go back to the traditional victory lane. Interviews.
0: They, like, yeah, they've like the got to do better with that stuff.
1: The ones on the front stretch are cool, but you don't get the raw emotion. Like like Chase Briscoe's, for instance, you imagine the emotion he would have shown if he had to wait just a little bit longer to do an interview because then he could take it all in. Yes. It's not just immediately after the race, which, hey, I get it. it it's It is what it is. The times are changing. But even then... Move the whole victory lane celebration to the front stretch then.
0: Yeah. The they have stages.
1: Why yeah. not just move
0: the whole thing there? Yeah. Yeah. The whole interview, the whole post-race interview and stuff like that is they really miss the mark on that. Now they don't do what they, you know, it, it was great before when they, you would hear from the drivers, it was right after the races, the emotions were raw, the, what they had to say was raw. And that's what we wanted, you know? Now I mean, there's nothing like that. Now they don't do that I mean, stuff anymore.
1: Hell, you don't even really hear from the top five after the race. Anymore. No,
0: you don't. Not like, you know, you used
1: to. No, like and, they used to, at least the top five.
0: Yeah, you and there's I mean? no more. There's no more build up to the event, right? Like there, you know, it's like, oh wait, we, we got 20 minute practice. You know, one of the things that I love about Formula One, I absolutely love about Formula One, is the fact that there is a huge build up to the event every everything is important right you've got you know they've got their their practices there's three practices and then they've got their qualifying the way that they do qualifying is really cool because it's like a knockout it's like an elimination right now granted they've only got 20 cars nascar's got 36 or 36 yeah um so obviously there's more but you know the way that they do it you go out there you qualify and you've got to be above the cutoff, right? Top 15 to get to Q2, top 10 to get to Q1, and then you keep qualifying over and over, and it's this big buildup to the race. And you know, they used to do the knockout qualifying, and I loved
1: it. I loved every bit of it, because it brought some excitement to the weekend, and I feel like COVID changed a lot of things. Like I'm not a big fan of the 20-minute practice. Me neither. Like, Like, yeah, it brings like a dirt track feel to it, yeah, but, but it, how hard it, it's hard enough to get your car dialed in. Give them more time.
0: Yeah, especially with and this I, new car,
1: I feel like that's part of Ford's issue.
0: Yeah. When you, when you have
1: 20 minutes in practice, you go out and you you might have time to do a 10 lap run at some places. You can't even adjust on it. And it Yeah.
0: If you it, don't it, roll that thing off the truck good, you're screwed.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely screwed and I think that's where
0: Ford is paying the price right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I get it. You know, it's got the whole, like you said, the dirt track feel. But here's the deal. I don't want my NASCAR to feel like a dirt track. I'll, no, I'll, no. I'll go to the dirt track for that. If I, I liked yeah, my NASCAR I, to feel like NASCAR. I yeah. liked my practice sessions. I liked my happy hour. About You want to change the length of it or the formats of it and stuff like that? That's fine. But don't give me a 20-minute practice like, all right, we're going to qualify and call this thing good. Like, no. Yeah. Have some build up to it. One of the biggest things that NASCAR is missing is – the lack of storylines that they have with the series right there's it's it's not there right i mean we, and i've talked numerous times before we've talked about it about the whole f1 drive to survive series on netflix okay like i've said before if i was in nascar if i was anything anybody important in nascar i would find whoever did that and i'd be like can you come do that here please like do that for us right Yeah. now they're not going to do that That's fine. But there are other things that they can be doing, right? You've got some of the most talented drivers doing some of the most incredible, cool things, and most people don't know about it. They don't know about it,
1: right? And you know what would be awesome? If they brought back the NASCAR Drivers 360 show. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Where they they followed the drivers at home, outside of racing? Because you got a sense of what it's like to live in the sport, To be a professional athlete. Yes. I know. I call them athletes, but they are athletes. I'm sorry.
0: I don't care what anybody says they're athletes. No.
1: Yeah, they are. Not everybody can get in a car and sweat your ass off, lose 10 to 20 pounds in a race.
0: I've played every major sport, and I've raced, and I can tell you right now the hardest thing I ever did was race. It's not even close. Not even close. And I only raced outlaw carts, not in a NASCAR.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they got to do something to bring the fan attraction back, and not only just for the fans, but for the teams, because if, listening to Door Bumper Clear, do you hear how long them guys had to stay at the racetrack just to do 20 minutes of practice? Yeah, it was ridiculous.
0: Not only that, though, overall, like you said, they've got to do something to to bring the interaction, but... They also need to do it in a smart way. You know, one of the things that they've done is, is they've opened up. You know, like the, with the pits and the access and stuff like that. There's no more exclusivity, which is really important. Oh. You know, that's a yeah. really important thing when you, you know, when we went to the the NASCAR race at Vegas and stuff like that. I remember my my buddy's dad, Chuck. He had a pit pass. And he got to go into the pits. And he was like, dude, it was incredible. He's like, it was like, I'm walking through the pits with, you know, the, 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 you know, San Francisco, he's like, it's like being in the locker room with the 49ers, right? He's like, you see all, it's just incredible, right? And that exclusivity that it, it's gone now right like anybody can go to the pits now it's like not even that special and then if you go there like what are what are you getting access to though right it's not like you're getting access to those drivers and if you are what are you getting you're getting this cookie cutter you know gotta be prammed and proper right it's 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 yeah. lost its authenticity or, and they need or, to get that back
1: or you get cold shouldered a lot yes. And that's what
0: drives. Which me is nuts. which is easy to do, and that's the thing, right? When it's not exclusive, it's easy to cold shoulder, right? You can, that yeah. that can't be on the drivers. They have a job to do, right? If there's Absolutely. twenty thousand people going to be coming through the pits, how much time can those drivers actually devote to not individuals? Very many because
1: no, she got to focus on on the race itself. And exactly. And, you know, that's one thing I love about dirt track racing. Not many people. I'm not going to say not many people, but there's a lot of people that don't get pit passes and you can just walk right on through the pits and and meet your favorite driver and meet the superstars of the outlaws and and not get cold, not get cold shouldered.
0: Yes, exactly. At least I haven't. Yes. No, me neither. Me neither. So, yeah, they really need to fix that because right now NASCAR has the, in terms of the the age, like the age demographic and stuff like that, they're, they're the oldest you know their fans are literally dying off and they're they're not bringing in a younger generation you know the f- did you know that the tracks that nascar goes to that they do not have freaking cell phone service what the f- man like really, really? We're in
1: 2022 yeah dude ridiculous
0: seriously I can go stand out in the middle of a field in freaking Bronson, Missouri, and have cell phone service. And you're telling me that when I'm at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, my cell phone ain't working? Like seriously? Yeah. Like, you're I'm in sorry. you're in a, a uh, you're in a metropolitan city. It's not like you're on the outskirts of you know BFE. Like, dude, you're right in the heart of the town, and you don't have cell phone yeah. service. And and uh, and that that falls back on the racetrack. Absolutely. Fix your Absolutely so like, that does.
1: Like I'm gonna use this as an example. We went to a Cincinnati Bengals game this past season. It was a Thursday night game. No service. The Bengals fixed it. They put in free Wi Fi for everybody. Yes. So when we went back for the Garth Brooks concert with eighty thousand people there, mm-hmm. cell phone service. Yeah. I was blown away. Like, okay, so they 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 seen the issue, they fixed the issue. And now you can use your cell phone. We're in 2022. Yes. It's the year 2022, and there's no excuse to go to a racetrack. And A, not to be able to f- make a phone call. Yes. B, can't send a text. What, what if your kid's lost and they have a phone themselves, but they can't make a phone call?
0: Yeah. Well, not only that, but think about it in terms of the, the advertising and branding and exposure that you can have from it, right? Yeah. How cool would it be if you've got more people at the racetrack? sending texts, showing tweets, video clips, stuff like that, or the drivers, right? How much easier would it be for them if they could just sit there and do shorts and stuff like that right there on at the track? It's just, you know, it, it it's one of those things. And not only that, if you have people, right, that you're trying to to bring into your sport as fans, right, younger generations, right? You got early 20s, 30s, that type of thing, teenagers, right? who have the attention span of a fruit fly you know what i mean Uh, you cannot expect him to go sit down at a track right for For five hours hours, four hours and do nothing like dude there's gonna be lulls and no this last race was incredible there was still parts of it where it was dull and boring where if you were there at the track you would want to check your phone or do something right you just because you look at your phone does not mean that you are now disinterested from everything, right? You can still be engaged. And it opens up possibilities that you can do with apps and stuff like that. How cool would that be if you could actually have cell phone service and things like that, free Wi Fi? And now you can sit there and you can look at telemetry of your favorite driver, right? Or maybe or get their radio. Computers. Yeah, stuff like that. You know, there's so, all kinds of things that they can do with it. Let me ask you this if you're a sponsor,
1: how would you feel if you doing a, a track day i'm gonna call it a track day where you go spend the day with a sunday with the team and they the the team owner or pr rep says hey welcome to the racetrack this is the here's your itinerary put yourself in a way because you're not going to need it because you don't have self phone service and yeah we're in charlotte north carolina yeah i be... me that would push me away
0: yeah it would it pushed me away i'd be pissed Absolutely,
1: because you're gonna want to share on social media that hey such and such business is hanging out with Denny Hamlin and we can't tweet out a picture because we don't have cell phone service.
0: Yeah. We'll Well, tweet it out ten hours later. Not only that, if I'm in that kind of position, like that's you know, like right now, and look, I as a business owner, right? I'm a successful small business owner, right? But I'm small potatoes compared to you know people who are sponsoring NASCARs. But if I'm at the races right? Even if my intention is like, I don't want to think about work, do any work and nothing like that. I don't want to have zero. I, I just want to come here and watch the race. At the end of the day, that is almost impossible. I always am going to get a message, a text, a, a you know DM, something that is like, hey, asking a question or needs help or something like that. I cannot just have zero connection to it. I have to have connection to it because there are things that just happen sometimes, right? If I have a client and they're like, hey man, I can't access my content right and they're paying money for that content i need to be able to fix that i can't be like crap i'm at the racetrack i need to go literally out the gate to the other end of the parking lot so i can find freaking cell phone service you know what i mean like that's stupid so to me it's just one of those things that it's like look man get it fixed because everybody can fix it right i had internet service on my phone in Cherncio, freaking mexico which is a literally a patch of dirt town with it. It's dirt, man. It's dirt. There's like 200 people, and 150 of them were relatives of my wife. Like it, it's in the middle of nowhere. We had cell phone service, okay? Like my phone worked there. And you're telling me that it doesn't work at these racetracks? That's ridiculous. Get NASCAR, get that fixed. If that's the, on the, the tracks, get it fixed because that's a really the, simple fix. Hey, you guys, fix this. We're not coming back
1: exactly and then the tracks need to be held accountable and they're not
0: yes they're for all the money all. that they're keeping and bringing in right yeah. like it, it,
1: yes they should because be. we're talking millions here yeah million yeah these tracks are millions they may not seem like it but they have millions there's, there's no reason that verizon is a partner with nascar yeah exactly <laughs> put in temporary cell phone towers do something you know what I mean?
0: Do something. So yeah, it's, they it's need to get money. that fixed.
1: makes fix. you want to slam your head off a wall. Like, it does. why are we doing this?
0: Yeah, because like I said, for all the good stuff that they've done, man, there's just some things that you're just like, what well, are they, we doing?
1: They they also like to take 10 steps forward and 25 backwards. Yes, so, I mean, here we are.
0: Sometimes, <laughs> Oh my God. Okay, so that's going to wrap up our NASCAR stuff. Now, we do have one more hits the mark, misses the mark, and it's on the sprint car side of things because, poof, my... Oh, Oh, man, our boy Sheldon Hodenshield has been tearing it up. So, hits the mark, misses the mark. Sheldon Hodenshield scored his fifth win of the season at Lawrenceburg and his third win in the last four races. So, Sheldon Hodenshield is now in the perfect position heading into the summer to make his championship run. Does that hit the mark or miss the mark?
1: I got my big sledgehammer out, and I'm beating the mark down.
0: That's me too, man. Me too. He is in perfect position. Oh my God. He is on fire. And not only that, um, these, these, first of all, he's now second in points and he's only 34 points behind Brad sweet. Okay. And and Brad's starting to struggle. Yeah. He, he's starting to struggle. Yeah. He's not, he, he hasn't, he, he doesn't seem to be having the, um, you know, it used to be like, he not winning, but he was like always on the podium, always in the top five. Um, his, his, those, all those top fives seem to be turning four into top tens lately. And granted that's obviously he's still leading the points. He's still doing well, but, um, yeah, it just seems like these other guys have been really picking it up. I figured out. Yeah. And you know, we talked about, I, this, this year I said, I thought this was going to be the year for Sheldon Hodge with these guys coming together and they have, I mean they're proving me right right now. I mean obviously we still have a long ways to go, but my god, they three out of the last five, he's been on fire and these they've all been different tracks. It's not like they've all been the same, right? Like he, it, it, he they're different types of tracks. He's got he's got five wins on the season, which is more than any other driver he passed Carson Macedo with this fifth win and dude, he's just on a tear he's, right now. On he's a won tear
1: the last 3 of the 4. Yep. So
0: it's been an if, incredible run.
1: If I'm a betting man, or if I was, I'd be uh, I'd be going and buying a lot of Sheldon
0: Shield. Yes, right I'm with you, man. I'm with you. So, yeah, I think that that absolutely hits the mark because he's been on sure. a tear and is looking really, really good right now. And, and, and they kind of started
1: slow this season. And they did. They did. But and, they've got. You don't want Sheldon to get hot, I don't think.
0: No. And you know, last year, it was at the end of the summer. Um, I think it was like right before you had got on the pod with me. But I had said that I thought Sheldon Hodgeshield, he was my dark horse to to finish the season strong and win the championship. He had been on a hot streak. And I had said that, you know, when this team gets it all together, they're going to be good. And it kind of fizzled out. He ended up not finishing as strong as I had hoped for. And so, they started off a little bit slower this year. But, man, yeah. they're, they've got it together now.
1: I, I'm going to try not to go off the beaten path here. But World of Outlaws, can we change the schedule, please? Can we stop going to <laughs> Williams Grove 27 times in a season? Can we, can we stay in Indiana a little bit? Because we have some really damn good racetracks. And Lawrenceburg put on a damn good race Monday night.
0: It was a really good, it was a really
1: good uh, race. Yeah. Sorry to the PA fans, but we need more Indiana shows. We have two to year 47.
0: Yep. Well, I
1: get it. I get get why, but
0: come on. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I think there's some other really good tracks out there that they should be hitting. There are. Which is they've actually, you know, they've got the, they've got, I think it's, I think it's, Tomorrow is tomorrow night the first night of the northern tour tour first yeah first Speed. leg in the northern tour first, so, so yep and i to me i i absolutely love hucits the high bank nationals is one of my it's it's on my bucket list of the yeah. uh, races that i want to go to um i think that track is just so cool and unique and yeah they've got some they've got some big ones coming up they've got they obviously like you said river cities is coming up uh, tomorrow night. Then they go to Houston. Then they got two at Knoxville Then they go to Beaver dam. Then they've got the high bank nationals, which is three nights. And then they've got the independence day spectacular at Cedar Lake. Um, and that'll be at the July 1st and 2nd. So this next month, they're going to be a lot of good races. And, uh, um, it'll be interesting to see where everything shakes out after after June, because the month of May was definitely owned by Sheldon Hoddenshield, and we'll have to see if he yeah, can well, carry that's... it over.
1: <laughs> I think he will. I really do.
0: I hope so, man. I hope so because he's so been too. on a tear. Yeah,
1: and I, I mean he's my favorite.
0: I I hate to and I'm I hate to surprised. yeah I hate to root against my man Brad Sweet, and I'm not rooting against Brad Sweet. I just want to see Sheldon get a championship because I think he's going to have an amazing career and I don't want to see him end up like his dad. Um, yeah. Which look at the end of the day, if I could say, Hey man, you can have Jack Shields' career. I think anybody would take that. Oh, but,
1: absolutely. hundred percent. But
0: yeah, I I want to see him. I want to see him get a championship. When you get a championship, it just makes things so much better. And it just legitimizes you in a way that is not possible without one. So, so hopefully yeah. he can do it this year. It'll be interesting to see, but, yeah, so we've got one other big dirt. Not really an event. It's kind of its own little thing. It's a holiday. Yeah, it's, it's a holiday. <laughs> it's a 12-day it's a haul, 11-day holiday. Yeah, yeah. Indiana Midget Week kicking off. Oh, man. Uh, they've got, like, we're, we're, they're in Illinois tonight, right? Yeah, they're in Illinois tonight. Then they, Indiana Midget Week. I mean, to me, it kicks off tonight, although they're not in Indiana, but officially kicks off tomorrow night. They've got nine, what is it, nine races in 11 days. They end at, is it Kokomo? Kokomo. Yeah, they end at Kokomo. And I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to it, man. This is one of my favorite things, uh, one of my favorite times of the year. Um, Yeah. It's I just I love it I always watch the races I obviously I've not I've never got to go to them which once again is on my bucket list but I'm really looking forward to it who is your who's your 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 driver for midget week Keith who do you T-mez. got I knew you were going to say team I it's knew you were going to say that I, I gotta tell you, man, just as a fan, I would love, there would literally nothing would please me more than to see team as go out and dominate midget week. It really oh, would
1: me and you both.
0: Yeah. I would and, love to see it, man. Just, I, it would be so cool to see. Um, I mean, is he going to, I don't know, but it would be awesome to see. Tell, it's so hard to tell because yeah.
1: everybody brings their, their double a game for midget week because yeah, it's a big deal. In, in my eyes, there's, there's three weekends, or I'm going to say three weeks in racing, that are probably the best. The Coke 600 weekend with the 500 and the Formula One race. Mm-hmm. Midget week and sprint week, by far, by none, them are the three best.
0: But yes. I, I
1: feel like with the midgets, they're cars that are on rails, that's team has to a T. Mm-hmm. Em and Justin Grant both. It's going to come down to one of them, too. I hate to pick two, but if I had to pick two, they'd be they'd be right there.
0: Well, the driver that I was going to pick was going to be Justin Grant.
1: It's hard to not, yeah. you know what I mean?
0: He's been he's been really really good this year, man. Really good. Um,
1: he's been on fire.
0: Yeah, he has. You know, another I I am looking forward to seeing the other driver that I'm that I'm that I'm curious to see how he's going to do during midget week is Mitchell Moles. I hope I'm saying his last name correct. It's Moles, right? Yeah, Mitchell yep. Moles, because he's a rookie. You know, he's a rookie. There's on- a lot of attrition there.
1: Huh? There's a lot of attrition there in that week.
0: Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's one thing to run the USAC National Midget. Schedule. It's another thing to run midget week, right? Because, like we said, there's you're you're Uh, racing almost every night, almost every night,
1: and and you know, and to put it in an easier term, so you'll go to Bloomington the first night, and then you'll go to Lawrenceburg. So that's a two and a half hour drive, give Mm -hmm. or take. I'm gonna say three hours in a holler. Yes, you got to do car maintenance. You got to wash the car. You got to get everything prepped for the next race, and to do that in the first. Four nights, because you're going to go from Lawrenceburg to Hobstadt. There's another three hours. I'm going to say four hours, because you're in a hauler. Yep. You're going to stop at a probably the car wash at some point to wash the car. And then you got to, there's a lot of attrition there. Oh, yeah. And, and it's a lot to take in as a as a rookie driver. Just,
0: I'm not going to say physically, but mentally. Mentally, it's, you, you got to be a on lot, board man. Game. Yeah. It's a lot, dude. I yeah. mean we we had weeks where we would go catch, you know, swings, whether it would be in the sprint car or in the midget and stuff like that, where you're running 3 out of 4 nights, 4 out of 4 out of 5 nights, you know what I mean? And like you said, like you're on the road. You're living out of a hauler. You're living off of track food and truck stop food, which let me yep. tell you, it's, it's better now, but but it wasn't it's not great, no, you know. It wasn't good back yeah, then, though. exactly. You know what I mean? And you're just Exhausted, and and not even for the drivers alone, right? Just for the crew guys, because look, these these aren't cup teams, right? Like the best, no. biggest, most highly funded national midget teams. What do they got? Three guys on their crew. You know three what guys. I
1: mean? At Other mo- teams probably two to three at most.
0: Exactly. So, and every single race, man, you got to get that thing. Up on the blocks, get the wheels off, go through all the maintenance. You got to put a new setup on it for a different track. Like, there's a lot to it, and
1: yeah. it's
0: definitely daunting.
1: And and that's part of the reason why I picked Timez and and Justin Grant. They have well, they've a, got
0: experience they a good crew
1: behind them. They yes. have experience doing it because let's face it, experience wins races, experience wins championships. And these two guys, they mm-hmm. they have experience. Yep, and they have the crew to do it. I think outside of Keith Coons, RMS Racing probably has the most people traveling with them to every race.
0: Yeah, I would say so Cause, too.
1: Because I mean, not only do you got track maintenance and, and car maintenance, but you got to check every nut and bolt. Because you miss one bolt, that could end at night and a
0: absolutely, in a hurry, absolutely
1: in a, in a big way too. Yep. I mean that, that that's flirting with uh, bringing the car back in one piece or multiple pieces. Yes.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that's I,
1: where I think the, the the attrition for Mitchell Moles will come into play. I don't think so. I think he'll be fine, but it could. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, right now he's he's like third in points, and it it'll be it will be interesting to see how he does, like I said, just because it's such a different animal uh this yeah. week.
1: And and another person, and not to pick on him, and I think this is gonna be Rylan Gray's big test.
0: Yeah, as as I'm looking the, forward to. I, I I'm looking forward to it, man. I am too. And, I and, think and, it's and going to be good for him, man. I can't and wait. And I hope
1: I hope he runs really good. Keep the car in one piece and move on to the next one.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to sure? seeing how he's going to do. Uh, do I was going to say, I'm looking forward to seeing how he's going to do, um, at uh, Circle City. So what's that? The eighth. Yeah. Yeah. The eighth cause he's running the four ten at circle city weekly right now. So he's familiar yeah. with that track and, and that'll help. That mm-hmm. helps. Cause, cause he's going to go
1: to a lot of tracks that he's never been to that. He's never seen. I'm not going to say that he's seen because going and watching races and then going and racing at that same racetrack is two different animals. Yes. way different cause definitely a different point of view. Car. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think this is going to be his first big test, and and I'm not taking nothing away from him, nothing at all. So hopefully, if he hears it, he don't take it the wrong way.
0: Uh, but as a mental
1: and a physical approach. This is his first test, and I I think he'll be fine. Yep, I really I think do. so too. I'm looking forward to as long as he can it. bring the car home in one piece and move on to the next one. That's a win.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yep. So yeah, that'll be fun to watch, man. I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait. Yeah. So yeah. Midget week kicking off. I, I can't wait for it. It's just, it's a great time of the year for racing. It really is. Really
1: is. The the doors finally open. Racing season is finally here. It's in full swing and it's the best week of racing.
0: Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. So yeah, should be fun. So that's gonna do it all this week, you guys. oh, actually, no, it's not. I take that back. We've got one more thing, which is our last new segment of today. uh we've got our what we're calling the goat of the week, so greatest of all time of the week um so this is where me and Keith will each pick a driver who we think had the best performance of the week. This could be any driver in any series. it does not matter, and they don't have to be a win they don't have to have won the race. we could just love what they have done. Wherever, okay, so that's our goat of the week. Um, we actually don't have an ask three wide this week, so we will uh, end it with the goat of the week. So Keith, who was your goat of the week?:
1: Ooh, my goat of the week's going to be Sheldon Hodden shield's crew.
0: Ah, I, I like it.: Just it's- because,
1: I mean, the month of May's been good to him, that the car's been on? point they've won the last three or four races and i didn't just want to go with sheldon himself because the crew gets the car to the track they get the track the car maintenance done and everything else so i gotta go with sheldon's
0: crew yep i'm with you man i'm with you they uh they finished the month off strong um you know they They won, obviously this was a couple weeks ago when they won at Bridgeport, but in the last week, you know, the 28th and the 30th, they won at Waverly and Lawrenceburg, you know, Atomic and and Lawrenceburg. Like that's big win. Two different animals too. Yes, two completely different animals. So, yeah, that's a good one, man. I like that. Um, My GOAT of the week is Kyle Larson. Um, Kyle did not win a race this last week, but he the man went from the back to the front more times than I can count.
1: He passed the NASCAR field five times.
0: Yeah, and not only did he do it in the NASCAR race, he also did it at at Lawrenceburg in the outlaw yep. race. Um he finished what was it, second? Did he finish that? Sec- yeah, yes. he finished second. He finished second to Sheldon Haenshield, and he started like 17th. You know what I mean? Like he started in the back of the pack. And you know, starting he started 16th. Starting 16th with the Outlaws is is and to, to make your way to second, that is a feat. And if you watch that race, he was on Incredible. a rail, he was yeah, flying. flying, um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if anybody was touching Sheldon that night cause he, th- their car was ridiculous and he had it on a rail, but Larson was fast, man. And for him to, he didn't walk away with the wind, but for him to come from the back to the front at, at Lawrenceburg and then for him to, to literally go from the back to the front a half a dozen times in the Coke 600 and probably I, I, I mean, I definitely could have won the race. Had that caution not come out for Briscoe, yeah, um, yeah. you know, he probably would have won the race. I don't think he, yeah, obviously he didn't want to see that I mean, caution, but
1: you know, I think you probably would have won
0: at Lawrenceburg if it wasn't for that late race caution. That's true, you know it. That's that is that's definitely a possibility. So you know those cautions can definitely change things up. But regardless, he had a phenomenal week of racing. So Kyle Larson is going to be my goat of the week.
1: I, I like that pick. Yeah. Um, before we cut off here, yeah. What a heartbreak for Broxier Frost
0: at Lawrenceburg. Felt so bad for that guy. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean he looked good all night. He was fast. The car was a rocket, and oof yeah just just sucks
0: for it yep it did um yeah tough night for him tough night for Macedo too Carson Macedo started on the front row and you know finished like 12th or 13th and his
1: his brother Cole showed up though (laughs) he looked good too yeah I mean that that race just didn't disappoint there was action from the front to the back yeah there was and the track was rough it is elbows up as usual, and it just, that was probably one of the better outlaw races I've seen there, and Yeah, I've been very critical of Lawrenceburg Speedway, and we won't get into that, but I can't, I can't comment on anything on their page because circumstances.
0: <laughs> well, it was a fun race, awesome weekend, and we've got, like I said, we've got another awesome week coming up with the midget week so it should be a lot of fun but you guys that's going to do it all for today's show now really quick couple of things we have got a new youtube channel that will be going up that i'm going to be posting video clips and stuff like that on there um, from the podcast so keep an eye out for that that'll be going up here in the next week or two also um, we already have the facebook page and stuff like that but we'll be putting up more We'll be putting up actual video clips and things like that um, on the Facebook page as well. So keep an eye out for that stuff. And then please, as always, you guys, download, subscribe, follow, share it, get it out there with your friends, your family, whoever. Heck, share share it with people that you don't even like. Who cares? Just get it out there. Helps us get this show growing.
1: Yeah, Help us help you.
0: Exactly. Gives me and Keith. Uh, an even better excuse to just spend more time sitting here talking about racing with the record button on so oh, and, yeah
1: and who doesn't like doing that
0: exactly exactly so that'll do it all for this week you guys thank you very much as always keith my man enjoy midget week and uh, we'll be back to talk uh, next week same time same place
1: awesome can't wait everybody have a good weekend
0: that's right have a good weekend everybody take care